2: We are back with another episode of The Daily. Oh god. What is this bit that you keep <laughs> this doing? Is not The Daily. I hate The Daily. We're keep it and everyone's going to keep it. They're my rivals.
3: Is that so? You've assigned them your rivals? I've assigned them my rivals. Do they know who you are? Okay, moving on. Okay.
2: Ooh. Do they know who you are? Did I ask? You've started it. Jimmy Neutron.
3: <laughs> what if I Michael, Michael Barbadaro
4: is <laughs> you guys' biggest fan? You never know. You and never he's know. like, Ira, I didn't do anything to you. <laughs> I Here I am
2: once again with Louis Vertel, who I can't seem to get rid of. And also, Ray Sonny, you are back.
4: I am back, but you'll be rid of me very soon.
2: <laughs> Ray
3: and I were just chilling out in the lobby. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just enjoy the hell out of it. <laughs> I enjoy the
4: hell. He called
2: you Nanny McPhee?
3: Call me
4: Nanny McPhee because I have a yellow bag full of vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, magic!" <laughs> and I explained my anemia to him. Why I need this one because I faint. And <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, we are here, and it is election day. This episode will people will be listening to this after they know the results.
3: Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry to be on this side of the timeline for the time being. I want to join you all in the future, but here we are. Well, I'm wearing all blue if it helps. Well, you know,
2: people want the hard-hitting politics from, you know, those those three boys. Oh, yeah. They can't shut up about it. I know. Always talking about voting. With their stupid-ass <laughs> Zara pants and their politics. <laughs> Listen, if today went really well, then everyone's in a good mood listening to this episode.
5: Woohoo!
2: If not that they uh, they probably right. really are looking forward to this episode <laughs> yeah, right right you A need relief.
3: us question mark yeah. yes
2: you need us this is this is exactly what i wanted
4: so <laughs> so we're so we should be preemptively celebrating
2: well i'm already on. celebrating because what's the tea the girls are fighting uh. <laughs> It's a shame who gets to qualify as the girls sometimes. (laughs) The MAGA girls are fighting. Oh, God. Uh, I know that we don't talk about Mr. Kardashian on the show really anymore because he stresses me out. However, I am so amused by the fact that he said that he wanted to pull out of politics (laughs) and I hope clear his mind and get the help he needs. But it's said that... Candace Owens, uh, evil Stacy Dash, <laughs> into a tizzy. Isn't
4: Stacy <laughs> yeah. Dash evil Stacy Dash? Differently
2: evil Stacy Dash. Stacey yeah. Eviler Dash. Okay. Like, Stacey Dash. Deluxe Stacy Dash. Like cashew milk Stacey Dash. Oh, <laughs> That's how evil she is. Ooh. Cashew milk is the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Candace Owens, uh, who started that black State of the Union where she announced the launch of her Blegsit Merchandise Just anything's line, a pun now It doesn't matter Claimed was designed By her good friend And fellow superhero Kanye West First of all Ma'am you are not A superhero
5: mm.
2: If you just, anything Oh right She just called herself yes, okay. Fellow superhero yes. If anything The Planeteers are trying To take
3: you down Oh no certainly Oh no you're. She's laying toxins All over the <laughs> earth
4: No um Actually she is a superhero Because to be a scammer Like that In public Black Girl I know. You are a super villain. <laughs> I
2: want to say she is succeeding more than like um, GOP Black Chick and like I Stacey know. Dash, but I have no idea how many coins Candace is actually making.
4: I will never know.
3: True. I am
2: curious about how things like this are often monetized because,
3: again, yes. with Ann Coulter, it's always about a book. She mm-hmm. always comes out with a new statement when she has a book. Right. These people
2: are just like, I don't think tweeting. Candace can write. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I mean,. I,
4: Can I any w- of them right? I, I
2: will say it never really seems like her her edges are fucked up.
4: Excuse me, no. Are you kidding me? Her blowouts look really aggressed.
2: Well yes.
4: <laughs> she's always got like she's always on like an Alex Jones clip looking <laughs> like her ends are fried. What are you talking about? She's never doobie wrapped successfully. <laughs> Where are your pins, girl? Every time she, like, her hair always looks like this is, okay, black ladies in the audience. Like, you know what I'm talking about. When you have a relaxer and you have to wrap your hair at night, Candace Owens always looks like she brushed hers down, but not, she didn't shake it out. So there's no volume. It's just pressed on her forehead in the direction I know she wrapped it yesterday. With a wrap, you just put your relaxed hair in a beehive or whatever around so your head.
2: not making enough coins, no. I guess. Uh, no. Uh, or so she knows
4: that they, her audience will never know that her hair don't look right. So, That's, she's good. She's mm-hmm. good to go. That's true. She's saving on a hairdresser. <laughs> it's, like a, it's
2: like when I throw out a hat when I'm going to, like, Black Brunch. <laughs> if I have not gotten the lineup. Exactly. But if I'm just, like, hanging out with my white friends, I'm like... They Who don't needs know, it? They don't know Who needs wrong a line hair. exactly? Uh I'm really <laughs> thrilled to learn on this podcast. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> I'm storing it. Kanye immediately refuted those claims and tweeted that he never wanted any association with Blexit and he did not design any of that shit. He also tweeted, My eyes are now wide open and I realize I've been used to spread messages I don't believe in. I'm distancing myself from politics and focusing on being creative. He's also, like, just taking the Patty Hearst stance. Like, I can't believe how brainwashed <laughs> I
5: right. was.
2: I wasn't a part of it at all. Stefano DiMera planted a chick <laughs> in my tooth. Will Kanye pull off the baby <laughs> switch? <laughs> uh, anyway, Candace started blaming the media for her <laughs> For all of this. And Tommy Lahren... Um, my favorite Olsen twins movie villain. Ugh, <sighs> I... I really hate this woman, but she
3: d- I really does she did not seem like someone in an Olsen twins movie who says, huh, you with Jake. That's
2: a laugh. <laughs> she- like she turned into a villain because Lizzie McGuire was mean to her in high school. You have got it. Yes. She's
4: the kind of girl that Taylor Swift sings about not knowing she might be
2: precisely. <laughs> yes. But Tommy sort of blasted Candace and was like, are you going to turn on Kanye now? That shit was doomed to sing from the start, but hunger for fame and money was placed over the movement. Funny how he was a free thinker before, and now he's a traitor. Sounds a lot like a tactic of the left. You made your bed, now lie in it. And then Candace tried to be like, you know what? I can reveal all sorts of mean things that you've said about me and end your non-career. Boom. So it seems like these girls have been beefing for a minute.
4: Hmm. i feel like which is
2: so funny to me that of course there's infighting in magaland
4: well like first of all if they if they're horrible and they write about each other let them fight let them
2: have it. Like take each other out. It's like
4: yes, you are trash, and so are you, and this is accurate. <laughs> My thing is, just because of who they are, I bet they are beefing over a man. Those silly, silly. Ooh, people. I love that. Like I'm just, I'm like, mm, Candace was like, I'm supposed to be in a couple with the only other black person in this room, and Tommy's been sneaking texts to her man the whole time.
2: Candy, like, Candace is like, I should have been motherfucking black mom. <laughs> I should have been interviewed by Trevor Noah. Exactly. I should be posted up with. Charlemagne.
5: Exactly.
3: <laughs> also my issue is whenever there's a feud between anybody instinctively i want to pick a side and then except my brain like control alt deletes every time i try to do you that can't. here no
2: because tommy is doing that sort of ben shapiro thing mm-hmm. where it's like you say something that sounds reasonable but when you unpack why they said that thing it's because everything else in their brain is you know like one Day at Horror Land. Yes, right. The book.
3: Tommy specifically reminds me of, okay, I went to a state school. Um, <laughs> you ever take like a freshman rhetoric class and then every once in a while somebody who doesn't speak at all like raises their hand and goes, well, d- did you ever
2: ask God what he would think about this? And it's like, well,
3: where have you been hiding?
2: <laughs> I don't know if God has opinions on Mrs. Dalloway. Right. But thank you. <laughs>
4: What's crazy to me is like if you like Candace is trying to do Twitter and drag shorty the way that you know woke black folk drag people but she's so corny she can't (laughs) even do it properly who says and slash or in a tweet when you dragging somebody call her a bitch and keep it moving Slash, war- like, what the fuck?
2: Words you to dweeb? live by. Yeah, She's right.
3: a
4: dweeb, Candace. You're a dweeb.
2: I will give um, Tapioca credit for one thing. Even when Kanye first was linking up with Trump, she was one of the few, like, racist conservative voices who was like, if you hit your wagon to Kanye, you're gunless.
4: But my thing is, <laughs> that's the problem here. Because is she. She's right about Ka- Kanye, and she's right about Candace, but she right about that because she don't trust black people? What are we supposed see, to do? No. Mm-hmm. I
2: really think she doesn't trust black people just because it's profitable. <laughs> I mean, she she uploaded Instagrams of her, like, rapping along with 21 Savage, and I mean, like, only niggas listen All to man? 21 Savage. Hey, hello? Like... <laughs> Hello. I'm not listening to 21 Savage also, on the regular. He stands
4: for everything you, your politics are supposedly against. You know yes. what I mean? Why and then, you then she'll be like, some your husband's control.
2: a drug dealer, Beyonce. Oh, I'm like, God. what exactly. were you listening to?
4: And talking about you hate, like, oh, radical Black Panther stuff, you know? And then it's like 21 Savage. It says Savage in his name.
2: Yo, your blonde hair looks like a Black Panther's <laughs> den.
4: <laughs> By the way Like a cat's den?
3: I don't know, catnip You did a great job um, Here's my other thing about her Um, It must be exhausting for Republicans to have to pretend she is funny Look, 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 I'm not saying like Democrat humor is always like lacking in cliche or whatever but I at least, t- there's like a variety of funny people I can pick out on the left This woman just doesn't know like the rhythm of funny I, I just, have, it's a shame
4: I have a theory and I've been, I, I hold fast to it I've had it for a long time conservatives and Republicans can't be funny because they are not generous enough to give us the gift of laughter
3: yeah woof yes
4: that's it how can you bring joy to people when all you've been doing is withholding if your life's philosophy is to keep other people from having yeah, being proud of your selfishness exactly how can you disperse joy that's impossible so you know if you hate people you can't make people laughing
3: that was some Jerry Springer final thought wisdom. Oh my God. That <laughs> How hurt my can you disagree? Oh, I said that affectionately. <laughs> Jerry's
2: my queen. Okay. You know that. Uh, later this episode, I will talk to Abby Jacobson about her new book, I Might Regret This, and we're going to play a game. Lewis's eyes just lit up. There better be some prizes and dings. <laughs> Vanna White's here.
5: Ah!
2: Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see Footprints in the Sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams robe. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? (laughs) No? Uh, If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary.
3: Don't miss out on Barefoot Dream's
2: soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in.
3: Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of
2: black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have it always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black is the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the Black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the
3: vault, please. (laughs) Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: After SNL posted a promo video where Pete Davidson asked the musical guest Maggie Rogers to marry him and then declared "O for 3 when she refused him, Ariana Grande tweeted, For somebody who claims to hate relevancy, you sure love clinging to it, huh? She followed that tweet up with, Thank you, next. Which turned out to be her newest single... A Ballot Thanking Her Exes for Teaching Her Valuable Relationship Lessons. Released 30 minutes before the start of Saturday's SNL. And the song, I Love. It's really cute. It's really It might be one of her best songs.
3: It's surprisingly candid. It names all the exes by name, which is, a, in, the, yeah. in, the, in the universe of You're So Vain, quite shocking.
0: Thought I'd end up with Sean, but it wasn't a match. Some
2: songs about Ricky. Now and Big Sean, Ricky Alvarez, the one, the ex, the dancer of hers that was involved in the, the Johnny licking. Noah of her <laughs> relationship. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's a J Lo reference. Lickie's
4: oh, oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Thank you. I can see why you wouldn't remember since it was 20 days. That's true. <laughs> but
2: the song is very sweet and mm-hmm. genuine, which makes it sort of weird that it came out of the context of her tweeting that about right. Pete but i think maybe that's why she deleted those tweets
4: yeah and also too i i thought it was <laughs> it was nice because she's turned she flipped it on its head right i have a love hate relationship with drake's music and it felt very nice to hear a person a woman first of all call out an ex's name but not in this like passive aggressive like Feels like. Why you wearing no clothes when you going out? Why you with all you men? <laughs> <But> like <laughs> that's Drake.
2: That is Drake.
4: But and but also just on some like I'm gonna interrupt your life by yelling your name on a chorus. Maybe we haven't talked in three years. But this was this felt like nice and considered and genuine. Like okay, I'm gonna reach out to Sean. I'm gonna reach out. I can't reach out to uh, Angel. Uh, and then you know and. Uh, it just felt, like, nice. Like, if she flipped it on his head, look, I'm going to take ownership of the conversation. I'm not going to l- let myself be on the receiving end of punchlines or be talked about. I'm going to put my voice in there. I'm going to say what I need to say, and I'm going to control the narrative. And I think it's really cool. She's this tiny little person. It and is, is so smart
2: so because it reminds me of how um, the devil, um, Justin Timberlake, is currently <laughs> promoting his new book yeah. and was talking about Britney again again and i'm like stop mentioning britney when you're promoting shit. she launched
4: his career on her genitals basically yes, with Crimea
2: river and it's like or all those interviews yes too so constantly revealing she's not a virgin, virgin. and yeah. stuff
4: like ugh.
2: and it's nice to have you know ariana be like you know what you gonna stop talking about hello me, because i'm gonna put your name on wax do you know what I, I don't also... think things go on wax anymore?
3: That, no, they sure don't. Um, Payola! Else... <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. No, it. Re- what I like about this also is it stands in stark contrast to. Do you remember? I want to say this is a VMAs performance. Taylor Swift performed one of her breakup songs, and then said something in a British accent to indicate that it was kind of about Harry Styles or whatever. It's like, there's no sheepishness here, no like, wink, wink, you know I'm who, we're, who I'm talking about. She's maturely saying, this is who I'm talking about. You yes. guys know we're together, whatever, and like, there's no Taylor's shame in saying these oof. people by name. Yeah, yeah.
2: her so. whole thing is like, I have all these songs that maybe they're about this ex, or maybe they're not, but there's also because those songs are supposed to be shady, mm-hmm. Yeah, and here it's like, You know, I'm not being shady. Right. I'm just going to say something nice. But it's also, this song is going to be a hit. So whenever you're in a club, you're going to have to see people singing along to a song that your ex wrote about you. Right. Well,
4: what's really cool about this is Ariana's really young. And when I was like her age, I remember like- 25. Right? And there were all these like, there were I was in like tumultuous situations back then and- I remember being like, all right, when I get my first TV stand-up set, I'm going to drag this dude. I'm going to drag him. And it took a while. And there was way more dudes to drag by then that I let him go, and I couldn't. <laughs> but what's really- My name is
2: Earl over here.
4: On <laughs> <laughs> my list, I'm like, drag him, 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 him. He didn't answer the phone at this time. But what's cool about Shorty, she's like, I'm not going to – like, let's just get this all out. Like She's like, I'm not going to waste my energy on negativity. I'm just going to – Like put it, pull it together. Make myself learn from this. Invite you on this journey. Can you imagine if your twenty-four-year-old self or your twenty-five-year-old self was out here talking about your exes in public? You, it would be a disaster. It would not be cute. No. And Shorty is just like, oh, I'm mad. Here's a couple angry tweets. Wait. The promo, and then she went right into PR mode. Props to you, shorty. Wield your business power the way you should. Also,
3: in in naming them directly to me, actually, the sentiment of the song feels more sincere than yeah. it would be if she were just talking about like a random X or something like that. Because all songs sound like that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like we're familiar with those sentiments. So to make it specific about these yeah. people, I think it Leng's, makes it different. It yeah, makes it mm-hmm.
2: almost sort of like brand new in the genre, just because you flip that whole like. Anonymous talking about an ex thing right. on its head.
4: And also there's something really, really cool about like avoiding the interviews, avoiding like a, a conversation about this person and using sucking up all your promo time uh, talking about somebody else put it on the song and then because now people got to talk no. about the song exactly. and you make money off of exactly. it exactly
3: also so we all know one of the most famous songs about an anonymous lover is uh you ought to know by alanis morissette shout out here on alanis morissette's second album she has a song called beyonce's done the Best cover of that say what beyonce's done the best cover it was that. a very good cover i don't know about the most cover. who, who covered it better um crystal bowersox on uh American Idol. We can talk about that another time. Get the
2: <laughs> fuck out of here. She's <laughs> Nikki Smo- McKibbin. Son- oh, wow.
3: <laughs> she covered Edge of 17. It wasn't that bad.
5: <laughs> Moving on.
3: Uh, 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 Alanis Morissette has a song called Unsent where she literally addresses five different exes and it's like a letter to them and says the names. And I always think about, man, it's so refreshing to hear an adult deal with a relationship it's like you know the song it's too late by carol king like it's over but i'm glad it happened it's Mm -hmm. such a rare sentiment i would love to see that expressed
2: more in songs Mm -hmm. so uh especially in pop music you know uh it is it came out the same weekend also as a lot of other like self-love songs carly ray Jackson dropped her party for one we're gonna get to my keep it later (laughs) Ooh, which you know is about you know um just hanging out with yourself. Uh-huh. Uh, Mar- I've prepared material. Ma- about Mariah this. right, we'll Carey get to it. In a dropped second. her new song. Oh, oh no, yeah. No. Queen of Consent. Wait. Uh-
4: Can we just, but if we're celebrating the self love anthems, let's not forget a pioneer such Rene as Ma. Tweet. Oh. You went Grammy ma.
2: I got a reason. Oh, I went my uh, oh. tweet. Tweet her masturbating Oh my! Her masturbating I in love that. Yeah. Masturbating in the mirror. Yes. yes.
4: Hello. Because Ari's like, I'm in a relationship with me. I'm like, Tweet is too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> From the album
3: Southern Hummingbird. <laughs>
4: exactly. Yes. Why didn't you let Tweet happen, America? We had Missy and Tweet yes. and Genuine on songs together. I want to say
3: Amory came out around the same time too. It was Amri- a lot. Of, it, it, i thought it was a lot of approachable ladies in r&b oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah
4: amory just released an ep oh yeah, yeah. did she i think so. one thing
3: is like among the all-time bangers i think
4: um what's that joint with the the weird beat never mind why can't we fabulous uh, i
3: love that song too
2: yeah why mm. can't we is pretty dope yeah yeah f-a-b-o-l-o-u-s
4: Somebody (laughs) said he was, I saw on Twitter that someone called him the Carmelo Anthony, like him and Carmelo Anthony are the same people in their fields, and I'm like, shit, makes sense.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's wild, too, is that while Ariana was busy doing this, uh, Pete Davidson was busy talking about her, he got in the news himself (laughs) because he made a joke on SNL where he likened Republican congressional candidate... Dan Crenshaw to a hitman from a porno due to his (laughs) eye patch, which he wears because he lost his eye serving in Afghanistan. Not a popular tick. I kind of think it's just a good joke. I mean, it's like, it's it's weird. (laughs) I I do too. Yeah.
3: Like, it's maybe weird to level it at that guy, but I'm sorry. Hitman and a porno is a very specific look. Or I would
2: have been like, what are you, a villain on Days of Our Lives? (laughs) Yes, right, right. A lot of people have said that the joke was id. Poor taste. Here was tapioca again um, coming out being like, how dare you uh, talk about our vets like this? I wish you would even be in proximity to a vet or a real man and they'd show you what they think about your joke. What the fuck is she a veteran of? (laughs)
3: Watching PAX?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Look, I don't know. I feel like on the one hand i get why people are particularly sensitive like i'm a sensitive person especially in this climate i feel it's like it's weird
2: to be sensitive about that when our president doesn't give a fuck about But that's
4: them. that's what i was like about. it's like we are overcorrecting because of trump but not correcting trump and that is infuriating like look i whether or not i i, I thought it was funny i'm sorry i yeah. did i'm not going <laughs> to lie and say oh no. i thought it was funny it made me chuckle here i read it i thought it was funny and but even if you are offended it just seems like a bizarre place and it's happening a lot lately and i again think that trump has changed everything about how everybody engages with each other in real life and on social media. And so we're all in this like aggressive trying to find places to control something. And so today we're going to control what joke Pete Davidson tells on TV because we're too angry or unsettled or in distress to like not take a hold and control a situation. And it's an over like compensation like okay let's pour a hundred and fifty thousand dollars into veterans groups because pete made a eye patch joke when trump has been devastating veterans and not helping didn't he just like gut the va like yeah it's it's such a frustrating thing to be watching
3: it is interesting though uh uh ariana's comment about pete davidson sort of clinging to relevancy in the relationship when that really does not Seem to be his vibe generally so it's weird that he is like i understand he uh, asked lauren to back away from the thing he had planned about ariana grande but just i'm uncomfortable with how much time they've spent
2: with it on the show just anyway part of it feels like you know it's it's snl and they it seems like they want pete davidson to be a breakout star because it's been a minute since there's been a new breakout SNL star. Particularly a male star. Yeah. And it's like he was just embroiled in this big celebrity romance. Like it would kind of be dumb if they didn't make jokes about it, but I can see on the flip side, you know, like, don't make jokes about Ariadne anymore. Like move on. Mm -hmm. Or at least have them or at least have them be interesting.
4: I I mean I just didn't like it. I, I didn't like it for her, you know what I mean? Uh it it's a tough thing because his art is talking and talking about things and she's doing her art talking about him too and so it feels unfair to say one person can and can't talk but it is a lot more uncomfortable because conversation is more direct than song and it invites us in in a way that a song doesn't it doesn't it feels too personal sometimes and it's just like I also if kind of sucks for him like He's he's this guy trying to do his own art too, right. and it's which is like funny because we don't really
2: know much about Pete's art. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's nothing else for us to like really cling on to. besides so, you know, he's in SNL, um, plays a gay guy and set it off, which I have railed against before. Yes, um, on the show I did. Uh, so, you know, so it's like, what else is he gonna do? You know, it's like we, I'm waiting for that new that new new.
4: He's I from what I've seen of his comedy, he seems to be very open and vulnerable and willing to engage with pain directly. And I hope that he figures out a way to do it in a way that like is helpful for the both of them because I would like to see him process it in a funny way. the way that she gave us a pop track yeah. that probably will change the way we talk about relationships and music then I would love to see him do something similar. I'm looking for his Nanette. (laughs) (laughs) We all are, Yes. Well, particularly if on SNL specifically, it
3: seems like it's basically his job to be like, well, what's up with me? You know what I mean? Like nobody else does that. So if it's going to always be that personal, as you said, Ray, um, hopefully something rad can come out of it.
2: When we're back, Rebel Wilson is mad as hell, and she is not going to take it anymore. On Ellen last week, Rebel Wilson, Australian actress who maybe 21, maybe 72, I don't know. Uh, Anywhere in between, sure. <laughs> expressed her pride in being the first ever plus-sized girl to be the star of a romantic comedy. Of course, that's far from the truth. Uh, <laughs> She went to the Sam Smith School of Googling. She was <laughs> like, ah, am I the first? <laughs> Google replied, maybe. <laughs> Unclear. Ask again later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she asked the Magic 8 Ball. And the internet, <laughs> naturally, called her out for not knowing her history and ignoring the work of prominent plus-size actresses like, you no, know, Ricky Lake. Uh, and also Queen Latifah and Monique. And her initial response was to tweet, Yeah, I, of course, know of those movies, but it was questionable as to whether one, technically, those actresses were plus size when filming those movies. <laughs> uh, flying, fuck. <laughs> or two, technically, those films are categorized slash built as studio rom com with a sole lead. So there's a slight gray area.
4: Can you imagine? Can you imagine giving us Oscar categories to explain why you forgot who came before you?
2: Well, actually, I believe that that one only would have well, been. Oh, supporting viable.
4: actress in this one. Who are you? That's ridiculous. Who, who are you that you thought that, that was in a, a useful tactic? Queen Latifah was only five pounds here. She was wearing a waist trainer. It doesn't count. Like what the
3: fuck? It sounds like something you think to yourself like, "Oh, it's obviously incredibly rare that a plus-size actress gets to star in any movie, let alone a rom-com." I can't think of that many. I'm thinking about it for another 5 seconds. Well, one's not coming to mind. I have decided to believe I'm the only one. It just seems like something where someone could have stepped in oh, cuz on Ellen, it feels like a marketing tactic That's she has what planned, I thought, yeah. which is really strange. Um Again, if she had just insisted, look, it's super rare that like someone like me gets to be in a position like this, that would have been good. Also would have been good if, if she had said, it really feels to me like Hollywood picks one plus size person that can be famous at any given mm-hmm. moment. You know what I mean? Uh, when it was Ricky Lake in the Hairspray era, then it was Rosie O'Donnell and then Cameron Manheim and Queen Latifah, you know, Monique, etc., And now we have Melissa McCarthy in all these movies and Rebel Wilson gets to be in a movie too. What a wild world we live in where two (laughs) movies can exist at the same time. If she had pointed that out, that would have been great. But instead, this moment is sort of tarnished by some statistical
2: nonsense. Right. It's just just so weird to me, you know? Like, you didn't grow up, like, watching some of these movies. And, like, because I remember... You know, when I see someone who looks like me on TV or in a film, you, do you know, think,
4: do you genuinely think Rebel Wilson is looking at Queen Latifah and thinking she looks like her?
2: Ricky Lake, maybe. She didn't see Baby Cakes. She didn't see Mrs. Winterbourne.
4: Sweetie? I haven't seen either of those things. Oh
2: right, you've <laughs> got to see. American. You've got
3: to see Brendan Fraser in period gear. Come on. <laughs>
2: I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Tony Collette <laughs> gained weight for Muriel's Wedding. True enough. True enough. And that's an Australian chick like her. Fair enough. So what's good, rebellious Wilson?
4: (laughs) I don't know what it means to decide that you are a person who has made history and then discover you had it. I don't know (laughs) what your tweet storms are supposed to look like after that. She had to text Sam Smith. (laughs) I have no idea. But what's crazy to me is, Um, There's a thing that happens in feminist spaces a lot where if a black woman makes a correction on a white woman, suddenly we're mean, aggressive, bullies and stuff.
2: Right. Because Monique chimed in with a response telling Wilson to take a moment and know the history Mm -hmm. and other black female critics started chiming in saying, hey, you're erasing Monique. You're erasing Queen It was Queen a black Latifa. woman who
4: brought up the issue at all. Because yes. she was like, hey, uh, Rebel, this isn't true because of Queen Latifah and Monique. And you guys have mentioned black, uh, non-black women um, that came even before then.
2: It was Clarkisha Kent, who I follow on Twitter, and I love her writing. Uh, she was one of the initial black women who called out Rebel. And Rebel's response was to start blocking all these black women who tweeted at her about this issue.
4: Not just only blocking black women or black people who tweeted at her, but listening and conversing with the white ones. Yes. But like, Mm. um, but, or at least at one, that she like very visibly responded to, and then Monique seemed to be one of the few black women she like engaged with directly. And it's infuriating because
2: she did not want Monique and her husband to Hello. Film a she didn't want video. those smoke.
4: <laughs> she was like, she refused to call Charlemagne his his name. Charlemagne, she called him Lenard that whole interview. Rebel did not want to get Lenarded, okay? <laughs> so my frustration is just that in a, instead of just being like, My bad, I didn't know I I Look, I'm excited to be in the company of these queens. It would have been fine, but shorty kept being like block, block, not listening. And I know what it's like to feel like people are coming at you for no reason. I don't. I'm not Rebel Wilson. I'm not famous at all. But I, I know what it is to be arrogant enough to hold on to something because somebody is telling you you did something you didn't even realize the offense. But there is a point where it's just reasonable to be like, oh, I've assessed this information. I didn't have the information you people have. Now I have it. What am I going to do to correct it? But the whole, not just ignoring it, because you could mute, right? I was going to say she mute was blocked. the option. She blocked. <laughs> she blocked, which means, fuck you. I don't want any of your information. I don't want you to see what I'm about, whatever, which feels like a more aggressive action. Like, I am blocking the like the input. The, I'm not going to receive actual facts as opposed to
2: like remember when elizabeth banks said that steven spielberg had never done a movie with a woman and had left out the color purple she course corrected that day and apologized for excluding that and was like i'm also very sorry that i excluded this film because it was a black film um and my bad she didn't block people, Mm-mm. she didn't go crazy, and she certainly didn't apologize like Rebel did, right. <laughs> who said, in a couple well-intentioned moments, hoping to lift my fellow plus-sized women up, I neglected to show the proper respect to those who climbed this mountain before me, like Monique, Queen Latifah, Melissa McCarthy, Ricky Lake, and likely many others. With the help of some very compassionate and well-thought-out responses from others on social media... I now realize what I said was not only wrong, but also incredibly hurtful. I blocked people on Twitter because I was hurting from the criticism, but those are the people I actually need to hear f- from more, not less. I
3: can hear the $1,500 an hour PR, PR <laughs> team <thing> there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who
2: took control of her and Twitter And they were a account. day late. Yes. yes. So. So she. So she didn't have them on retainer. Uh, no. She she hired them immediately. Hey,
4: white celebrities, <laughs> have a race PR person on deck. <laughs> you about to tweet yourself into a problem. It's inevitable. Have one.
2: And you're Australian, you know y'all just stumble into racism on, on any given day. <laughs> so.
4: She probably didn't even know which type of black people we was talking about. <laughs> Is Tycho Watiti mad at me? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Kind of Gatsby coming on in here.
2: (laughs) The the. Cate Blanchett (laughs) excluding her from
3: the Sydney Theatre Company.
2: Can we also talk about the plot of her movie, her plus size rom com? We didn't
4: even get to. I didn't even get to that. It's called
2: "Isn't It Romantic," and it's New York City architect Natalie works hard to get noticed at her job but is more likely to be asked to deliver coffee and bagels than to design the city's next skyscraper. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, she has an encounter with a mugger that renders her unconscious as she wakes up to discover that her life has suddenly become her worst nightmare, a romantic comedy, and she is the leading lady. Isn't this I Feel Pretty? Kind of, yes. It's very amnesiac-y. A fat girl gets knocked unconscious, wakes up, and all of a sudden she's hot. Mm. Uh, what is happening? It, it, I, I will say there were some funny moments in the trailer.
3: <laughs> I, I thought it was cute. She wakes up in a hospital that's like golden lit, and she's like, "Is this a William Sonoma? I can't do it in Australian accent <laughs> <laughs> anyway." So maybe it'll be cute. You know, the
2: rest of the cast is so mad at this
4: chick: Priyanka yeah. sure Chopra, good.
2: Liam Hemsworth, Adam Devine, and Betty Gilpin. They are like, why are you fucking up our promo? Isn't it? I didn't even know that Priyanka was in that. Yes. She is distracting from the point that Priyanka Chopra is in a robcom coming out in February. And I would like to go
4: see that. I would, too. I would, too. And and also Rebel Wilson is fine like i like she's fun in the roles that i've seen her in pitch perfect and 17 i, I really not, thought that she <laughs> i've brought never a lot seen to the table. i've never seen any of those um <laughs> i was Sieber talking about uh, bit parts and things like Ridesmaid. Ridesmaid, yeah. <laughs> when you're somebody's sister or whatever and it's like it's great to see your role expanded i'm excited like i'm excited for you but it's just like it didn't have to be all of that. You could have just been like, my bad, I ain't know, and saved you three days and $30 million on your PR people, you know?
3: I will uh, just say, again, definitely excited to show up for just any plus-size woman in a lead role because one of the movies that came up in this, this discussion was Last Holiday starring Queen Latifah, mm-hmm. and he, that movie exists because it was originally intended for John Candy. Wow. I'm just like, it's rare that like we just give... Movies Wait, to these people.
4: They they took a movie for a plus size man. Yes, from twenty years you ago. You got it because he and, died in like ninety three. Yeah, yeah. and then reworked it to to plug in a plus size shorty. That's how limited the scripts are for totally. plus size leads. That's insane.
2: I mean, Judy Garland was originally supposed to star in Moonlight. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Twelve Years a Slave was originally a Grace Kelly joint. But she played the violin. That's how Solomon uh, North came in. Well,
2: I guess the good out of this is like people are now like probably revisiting Beauty Shop, Last Holiday, and Just Right.
4: Look, w- if Queen Latifah and Common had the same chemistry they had in The Whiz, I could understand why you wouldn't know that that was a rom com. <laughs> <laughs> just. Say.
2: When we're back, I will talk to Abby Jacobson about her new book, I Might Regret This.
6: Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best.
2: <laughs> I am here with Abby Jacobson, co-creator and star of Comedy Central's Broad City. Everyone knows that.
0: I don't know if everyone knows
2: that. Everyone who listens to this knows yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would
0: say that. We but have what... the same demo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but what they might not know is your new book is out and that you are a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, your book... Wait,
0: not of this, not of one, this one yet. One. I was like, do In you know general, something I don't know?
2: I actually, I, I rigged it. I rigged it. I couldn't. I couldn't rig this election. So I was like, "Let me rig rig your book." Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, your new book. I might regret this. Essays, drawings, vulnerabilities, and other stuff is out now.
0: Yeah, it came out last week. Yeah,
2: are you excited? This is this is your first like essay Mm -hmm. compilation.
0: Yeah, my I've done a couple other books, but they were coloring books and they were illustrated books, and this is, yeah, this is. Essays, there's like there's some illustrations, but it's primarily words. Uh, (laughs) And so, I was really excited to try this. I'd never, I'm not really an essayist, and so it was really challenging to like figure out my voice in that way. I mostly write scripts, Mm -hmm. and so that was one thing that was very challenging. And then, another thing was their personal essays, it was a very personal, um. Slice of my life, I was trying to right. Write so, about. your
2: character on the show is like an outsized version of yourself, like it's overly exaggerated for comedic effect. Yes, yeah, super you amplified. Not doing that,
0: no. Every once in a while, I, I an essay will be stylized, like a little bit mm-hmm. heightened voice, but it's mostly heightening the anxiety. I like the sleep studies, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> did you relate to that? Yeah, do you sleep okay?
2: I do not, actually. yeah. I have, um weirdly I have this like back thing sometimes so I will wake up in the middle of the night also I think I mean I'm 32 now and I just feel like I my weird. body just decided yeah. to be like you're old mm-hmm. so I often wake up just in the middle of the night.
0: Yeah I hear ya. Yeah so my, the sleep studies there's a couple of them throughout. Well basically the book is I drove from New York to LA in the summer of 2017 during a time where I was extremely overworked really heartbroken um, and I needed to kind of escape my life so we had just wrapped uh, shooting and editing season 4 Broad City and I kind of knew that this end was looming when Mm -hmm. we were editing and Broad City had been such a distraction from me being heartbroken so I write about this in the book but I'd never been in love before I'd Mm -hmm. only dated men up until this point and this was uh, about a woman I had fallen in love with a woman and I was just like Such a workaholic and devastated, and I was like, oh my goodness, there's going to be three weeks here before I have to work in LA where I'm just going to have to think about this. I needed to, like, fucking get away. Can I Mm -hmm. curse? I just did already. Yeah. Great.
2: I say fuck all the time in here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and so I was like, I need to just get away, and I'm such a workaholic that I can't just go on vacation. Yes. So I was like, I must create a project in Mm -hmm. which I... Allow myself to like go somewhere.
2: It's crazy. I'm going on vacation now, but it's also like I'm still recording the yeah. show yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I'm this on vacation. A, is, yeah. Yeah.
0: You like can't get away from it, mm-hmm. but it's a good thing, but it's maybe not sometimes. And so I pitched this book. I wasn't exactly sure what it was going to be, but I, I had to be in LA three weeks uh, for work. And so I decided to drive across the country by myself to really like. I'd never done that. So I really was interested in seeing the country in that way and just kind of finding space to think about all this stuff. And, you know, it had been just a, an intense year for me. And so I pitched this book, and I can't believe someone bought it and let me do it. Also, let me do it not knowing what exactly it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that, too. That,
0: too. That majorly. And so the book is really every essay is uh, a city. Um, and either what that city made me think of or I go back in time it's a lot about memory. And then there are these sleep studies that you are talking about because I uh, have a lot of trouble falling asleep. So I'm up a lot and you know, your mind goes.
2: Goes places.
0: Goes places.
2: I did a crazy drive once. Yeah? When I first moved here to LA and I was broke and I had a friend from grad school's wedding that I had to go to in Idaho. Well, okay. Could not last minute buy a ticket. So I drove from here to Idaho. I was working at Coffee Bean at the time. Okay, I love and Coffee And so I, bean. I got off of my shift, <laughs> drove there, made it an hour before the wedding.
0: I've never been, have I haven't been to Idaho?
2: It was like a 26-hour drive.
0: And did you sleep in your car or I did you sleep in s- hotel? I
2: stopped at a parking lot at a Vegas casino hotel and I slept there because <laughs> I was like, you can park for free here and there must be people who just fall asleep in their cars <sighs> drunk.
0: How was the wedding?
2: It was beautiful. It was like outside. It was on his family's farm and everything. Did you like get change
0: in the car? Or I what did. you do? Yeah.
2: Well, in the house when I got, okay, when I got okay, back. Okay, got okay. But then I slept in the car. Right. But also everyone was, it was sort of at the farm, so everyone was in like tents and right. things. And I was like, I'll just sleep in the car again.
0: Well, it is a thing where, right, you can just pick up and go, but you often don't go 26 hours.
2: Yeah. No. Do yeah. not do that straight. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, I also just want to let our listeners know that we have met before. Yeah, it was at your birthday you, party? You met I, I me at my your birthday, birthday party. party. <laughs> uh, <because> I legit <laughs> crashed.
0: But who wasn't? Jen was invited. Yes. Or uh, Paul. Jen, Paul
2: sta- Jen was invited. That was Paul before. crashed with me. Yes, because yeah. that was, Paul and I knew each other, but that was before we started being friends. Yeah. And Paul and Lucia
0: and I crashed.
2: Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I was and just sort of like having us. Yeah, I remember. Uh, <laughs> Jen's husband Travis uh-huh. who works here
0: yeah who kind at of like set this up
2: yeah and he also um went to grad school with me
0: Oh right right yeah. but Travis was not with us
2: No no <laughs> he that ha- I feel like that happens he often was some,
0: He was like I don't know where he, he wasn't like out, he was like sick or something. Yeah, I,
2: rem- I remember, I could probably scroll through my phone and find out why I yelled at him for not being at right. my birthday. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, Jen's coming, and she's bringing some people. And I was like, oh, there's yeah. Abby. It was <laughs> fun. Uh, it was fun, because I remember fielding questions the rest of the night from people being like, I didn't know that you knew Abby Jacobson. Why are you hiding this?
0: That's so <laughs> funny and weird for me, but also, okay. Were you like, we
2: I was like, we go way we back. We go way back. Yeah, yep. pre-Broad <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: She's really changed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Travis has a habit of doing that. I met up with Jen and um, Paul in New Orleans.
0: Oh, because, yeah, because our friend uh, Bobby is from New Orleans and they were there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I happened to be in New Orleans that weekend.
0: Cool. Yeah. That's so fun. I love well, hanging
2: out with everyone without Travis. I joke that he's the intern on my show, <laughs> and I think the <laughs> listeners actually believe he is.
0: Oh, Travis. I revealed the truth now, finally.
2: He's not. Uh, um, Well, so, like, people identify with your characters so much on the show now, and it's ending.
0: Yeah, it's ending. We shot the last scene, uh, what day is it, Tuesday? Like, a week, not last Friday, but the Friday before, like, a week and a half ago.
2: Okay, and so, like, have you even already started thinking now? Like, I mean, the book will help, like, distinguishing yourself from... This is this was, you know, me writing an over-the-top version of me. Now I'm going to start giving you something different.
0: I think in hindsight, I mean, the beginnings of this book were very much done in, like, a fever dream state of, uh, like, I need to, like, do this and write this and get this, like, out of my system kind of vibe. But now in hindsight, looking back, I think it was – a lot of it was to – Distinguish myself from the character and be I mean, it's the most flattering thing in the world to to create a thing and have people feel like you're I'm friends with them. Yeah, and because I share the name with the character It's like they feel like they know me. I'm like wow that that's the ultimate goal with the show or not That's not the ultimate but like to make a, friends <laughs> Yeah, <I'm> Really <laughs> I, did, I did it to make friends mode But ju- just to create a world in which people feel like they're a part of it mm mm-hmm. uh, So I love that, but it is also very confusing, and you know, um, it's interesting. It's been uh, a thing to navigate that, of Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden people know my name and feel like they really know me, but I'm like, wait, that is a character. It's like a lot to process Mm -hmm. um, in therapy. And, And so in hindsight, when I read read back the book and I just read it back a week before it came out I hadn't read it in like a month Mm -hmm. and with new fresh a month gone by eyes I was realizing oh this was really mean I needed to distinguish myself for sure Mm -hmm. because I think I am different I've also been doing Broad City for 10 years now yeah so I've I've grown up next to the character and we are growing we're not the same person
2: uh, no, I I really connected with a lot of the stories in the book which oh, I great. read last night. Yay! Um, wow, you
0: binged it. I
2: did. I binged <laughs> it. Uh, it's the Netflix of books. Um, I was really into two particular stories. Okay. The well, the one when you talked about falling in love with this woman, mm-hmm. uh, and also the letter which the I did letter. not know about. Um, somehow yeah, I cra- missed that viral isn't that a story. Crazy
0: thing that happened. Yeah. When so okay, so the first chapter in the or the second chapter in the book, there's kind of an introduction. It's kind of the first one, is about this thing that happened to me right when we were starting to write Broad City, um, and it's not connected to the trip. But uh, when I was writing the book, it felt so connected because it was about this love letter. Mm-hmm. So basically, in 2013, I was in LA for a month, sublet my apartment in New York, and we had been like staffing. Season One, Broad City. I came back. There was all this mail, and I love mail, but like it's never good now. It's always like junk and bullshit, whatever. And, but there was this one letter that was in this like envelope, this transparent postal service envelope, and within it, because there was a transparent window, I could see this really old letter, like what, a fucking old ass letter, 1944, addressed to a woman, uh, in my apartment. Uh, and the same address as me, from it was from Lieutenant Joseph O. Matthews to his wife. He had been shipped off to he was in a, in a uh, like a uh, training camp, mm-hmm. getting ready. He was being shipped off to Okinawa like the next day, and sending a letter, a love letter to his wife who was living. I lived on McDougal Street in Manhattan. So I had two and thoughts I was like, from, what from that. The fuck? I lived on McDougal Street. You did? At once. Yeah. Which is literally like the. Uh, I needed, I lived for a year and a half only and mm-hmm. this happened. And it was like, you're living in N- the bowels of NYU, like pizza.
2: I went there when I went <laughs> to NYU for grad school. For yeah. like, just a semester. Yeah. And then, then I was like, I can't live here anymore. And oh, I, I couldn't, I moved
0: to <laughs> the Same. I was like, I had lived in Astoria Queens for five and a half years, and I was like finding a little bit, like I could afford a little bit of a nicer apartment. Mm-hmm. I lived in a studio, but was a, like, studio with French doors so it was like a <laughs> they said it was like a half bedroom or whatever yeah it's like fuck you guys those New York scammers it's, you can put French doors in the middle of a room <laughs> and create two rooms but it's not I love um, those
2: apartments where they're they're technically two bedrooms but you have to walk through the railroad yeah the railroad it's
0: worse than not having a, it's like yeah yeah and so I lived right I lived like right across from the comedy cellar okay yeah
2: so that I mean that those two really intrigued me because you talk so much about like being like this hopeless romantic and into love and stuff like that. And I don't actually think that I have been in love before. In retrospect, you know, you know, I've had moments where I've been obsessed with some work. yeah, uh, and that I um, moved on because of the restraining order. <laughs> but um, you know, there's the idea of you know, I feel like I would have gotten so into that letter too. I would have and tried to hunt yeah. them down. And
0: I and I did hunt the family down, and delivered yeah. it. And I think it was in retrospect in writing the and feeling so heartbroken and sort mm-hmm. of that that first that essay came after where I sort of had hadn't I re- forgot about that story. Mm-hmm. But what a special thing to have happened where I got this thing and it wasn't what I thought it was going to yeah. be. I thought it was I thought I was going to hand it to like this little old couple that yeah. had been in love for their whole lives and it wasn't. It was kind of a sad story.
2: Well, in a way, you sort of then wrote your own letter. I and then when you wrote the book, and you yeah. wrote um, "Heartbreak." City. Yeah, yeah. I love that essay too. Thanks. And, you know, that was, was just, like the
0: hardest one I think for me to write.
2: Yeah, writing about a relationship that's so fresh mm-hmm. too, and you know, just fraught.
0: But it was. I mean, yeah. It's a. It is definitely about that. But it was also about this feeling of feel. Um, I had always felt like such like an secret outsider when Mm -hmm. it came to love in general. Um, A lot of my friends and I'm so happy for them are in so in love. Yeah. And so it was. I always just felt like I just have a bunch of single friends here in LA. Oh, you do. And we just got a brunch. So that's great. I am drunk all the time. Literally hanging with like (laughs) I'm in like marriage counseling with all my friends. I am like. It's me with my couples. Camp. I am like, hey, guys, <laughs> where are we going for dinner? Let's get, I'll sit at the end, you know, like. <laughs> but I love them. They're like such good um, examples of what relationships can be. Mm-hmm. But I really always felt very uh, alone in that aspect. And I kind of, I think that's the stuff I, I like writing about, the stuff that I don't say yeah. out loud. And get to write about it, and then well, I guess I have to say it out loud right here.
2: Well, I mean, you called the book; I might regret this. Exa- so. I
0: mean, I still might. Who knows?
2: Do you regret anything <laughs> at this point yet? No. Okay.
0: I'm. I feel really. It's terrifying. One to to do a new format, too, like essays. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that, it's very terrifying that people will be like, "What oh, she." really can't write you know here we have the proof here she can't <laughs> write and uh, she should stick to the dialogue you know or whatever <laughs> that was a fear and then obviously i'm writing about such personal mm-hmm. things that i don't say to a lot of people and but it ultimately was so i learned so much about myself writing it so I well i'd watch it.
2: this road trip movie yeah? yeah yeah you should write the movie yeah, it, i mean it's you know it's very john didion
0: Thank you. In the book, oh you in the book you mentioned God. like things you were I reading read yeah, and podcasts
2: reading. you listened to. I I love how you put finally next to Joan Didion's The White Album because a friend got me that for the friend whose wedding I went to, got me that for my birthday as a gift in like two thousand eleven. I've not read it yet.
0: It, you definitely I mean she's an incredible writer and yeah. she writes so much about California. Uh huh. I mean, as someone who, if you're living in California, it's like a great time. That's what to I read love. It. Like
2: Slashing towards Bethlehem is great. Yeah,
0: she's just beautiful and has such a specific style. And I, I had I was like, how have I not read this? Yeah. Uh, and so I felt like that was the. I gotta read this it. Road trip was the. Place. And you were
2: listening to podcasts. Yeah. Rival podcasts, like Sorry, the daily. I know. I know. Sorry. Next road trip, put keep it in there. I will. Sorry.
0: Yeah. I did listen to. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'll walk away
2: in shame. It's fine. I will take down the daily if it is the last thing I do.
0: <laughs> I love that you're like fuck the daily. It's like it's it's good. Yeah, it's, like different, it's good. Right? I could be
2: daily too. You could, but it's like I would they never. can both exist. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, I guess. Okay, but I, I just want a rivalry.
0: Okay, I mean, it's so funny for you to be in, in like direct competition with them.
2: They don't even know who I am. Yes, they do. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much for being here, Yeah, thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. What a great way to start off a really terrifying day.
2: Yes. Right? Uh, We've told everyone that this episode was recorded on voting day. Yeah, I am... uh... Either you're going to have a lot of fun listening to this because you're in a good mood, or you really need this episode. You really need this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So either way, you know, choose your own adventure here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When we're back... We're going to play a game. And we're back with a game I like to call Please Don't Play My Music. Because we're recording (laughs) this on election day. And no matter how it unfolds, we want to end the show on a fun note. Donald Trump has a history of playing songs at his rallies of artists who would rather be excluded from his narrative. (laughs) This week, after Trump played Please Don't Stop the Music at a rally for Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee, Rihanna tweeted, Not for long, me nor my people would ever be at or around one of those tragic rallies. (laughs) 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 She's not the first artist to condemn Trump's use of their music, however. In fact, some of our beloved artists have managed to drag Trump for playing their music as well. So... I'm going to see if Ray and Lewis can match the quote to the artist when talking about Trump playing their music. Oh, okay. There are four questions, so, you know, we'll Th- see.
3: There's room for error. Yeah. I can forgive myself and move on if I fuck up. Yes, okay. we'll see
2: who's better at figuring out celebrity quotes. All
3: right.
4: Probably, Lewis.
2: Say, I, I think you've got some game here. We'll see how it goes. Mm. From George Harrison's estate... The song Here Comes the Sun was used. Mm -hmm. Here are the quotes. At least when Charles Manson used our music to incite a race (laughs) war, he was honest about his intentions. (laughs) I love his straightforwardness, (laughs) Charles Manson. If it had been beware of darkness, then we may have approved it. I defer to the alive one, Paul McCartney. (laughs) First of all, there's two alive ones, guys. (laughs) Uh, That's hilarious.
3: uh, it better be B. It is B. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, because it has to be B, because he's British and dead. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be way more polite <laughs> than the other two. A race war. Yeah. <laughs> British people don't say race war. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that was the tell. Oh, yes. All right. Ray, this question's for you. Sure, sure. Guns and Roses, sweet child of mine. Mm-hmm. Did Axl Rose say... Now and then, when I see her face, she takes me away to that special place. I wish I could have written those lyrics in 2016, because that's how I feel when I think of Hillary Clinton hashtag# still with her. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Two. Can you say shit bags? Poop emoji. Three. As a band who VH1 once called the greatest rock band of all time, I can see Trump's natural inclination to use our music. We respectfully ask him to fuck off, respectfully. Fuck off.
4: It's Axel. So I'm inclined to go poop emoji, but I'm going to go see.
2: You were right
3: the first time. It was poop really? emoji. Yeah. He had a whole rant, didn't he? He went on and on about how. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: That, but. Axel is a terrorist. I <laughs> no, know. I, no, the <laughs> idea I'm that he's uh, still with I her. I shouldn't say terrorist. That's nice. <laughs> but he was not kind well, uh, back in his day. No. You don't want
2: people to attack you like they did Don Lemon for saying white men are terrorists? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Look, I'm not out here trying to have the president call me low IQ because I'm a negress. I un- would un- love internet. it
2: if Trump called someone on this podcast low IQ.
4: We could use the rating. <laughs> for sure, I'm only guesting on. <laughs> me, we'll, sacrifice we'll, we'll for bring, you. We'll bring
2: you back. <laughs> Force co-host if Trump calls you low IQ. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: That Axl Rose is something of a moral authority in 2018. Hello? This is a man whose name is an anagram of oral sex.
4: Isn't, <laughs> isn't? Wasn't there a thing? I could be wrong. But I there are internet rumors of him using N-words. Oh, no, you yeah. did. And he at the
3: time actually said about that. He was like, I didn't mean it to, as a racial slur. I meant it as the problems we face. Just that nonsense. Yeah. And he used to I mean like horribly homophobic. So that he is he, on our side. And yeah. I'm mumbling before I go to bed on election day. Thank you, Axl Rose. <laughs> is speaking in a
2: tragic uh so we've got one zero going into our third question okay rems it's the end of the world as we know it yes A go fuck yourselves the lot of you you sad (laughs) attention-grabbing power-hungry little man do not use our music or my voice for your moronic charade of a campaign Fuck that orange-faced bastard. You get America's Got Talent contestant Jackie Ivanko, and that's it.
3: (laughs) She's like six years old.
2: (laughs) (laughs) See? All press is good press. Thanks for introducing our music to a new group of people.
3: Ooh. Mm -hmm. It better not be that one. I like Michael Stipe too much. Mm -mm. I'm feeling feeling A. A, you were correct. Oh, my God. I kind of wish R.E.M. had more legs as, like, a, a... a band nowadays? I wish people had talked about them more. They're, the lyrics are so strange, but like
2: personal. It's like a brand of lyrics Lyrics we yeah. don't have anymore. So like being black, uh, Um, <laughs> I wasn't really rocking to R.E.M. Yeah. I was, pumpkins I was in trying my to youth. politely yes. assert that, right? but I didn't know where <laughs> uh, to come in. Just, <laughs> I have no
4: idea. R.E.M. for me is a karaoke song. Yeah. Sure. After, so, you know, uh, I feel like a dickhead saying but that. But a few
2: years ago, I tried to get into both. I got into Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, sure, very
3: uh-huh.
5: well.
2: Oh, too uh, bad that's like not yes, a great because, person. Well, I know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got into that because I mostly like the rock music that I was listening to was like whole garbage. Like, I was stuff. listening yeah, to yeah. women, mm-hmm. um, and so I was like, it was easy to transition into Smashing Pumpkins. But REM, I was just sort of like. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> oh you gotta get automatic for the people uh, uh, uh there was there was some yeah. stuff there but it like it wasn't compelling me to keep listening oh yeah
4: REM for me is like when it, black people do karaoke and they pick an REM song it's like wow you have esoteric interests yeah you know, right? yeah yeah it's like it's always that person it's like you're weirdly cool that's how you know that REM <laughs> yeah you know?
2: they pick those songs for a
4: reason that
3: <laughs> yeah. <not> black person yeah <laughs> Uh, but that was a really popular uh, moody gay guy for a while, which we like lost. The- now we have Troy Sivan, who's like kind of moody, but mostly cute. This was serious moody.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you're already losing, but. Here's, this one's uh, here's, worth three points. Here's the last, okay, here's the but, last question. This and- one's for three.
4: Oh, okay. Well so you're gonna <laughs> handicap Lewis yeah. because of, thank you. Break his knees. We're taking correct. away
2: we're taking away his white privilege. We're trying <laughs> to stop your bag. Ray stop your
4: I bag. Have, <laughs> I have no identity without
2: that privilege.
3: Give it back.
4: Rachel, uh, I'm the, about to make merch. The Ray song <laughs> <stopped> Lewis's
5: bag
2: <laughs> The song is Rocket Man okay. by Elton John. Mm-hmm. A why not ask Ted fucking Nugent? Or one of those fucking country stars. They'll do it for you. B. I don't know what's worse, using the title of my song to instigate nuclear war with Kim Jong-un, or playing my song at a rally for the people who wouldn't know good style if it bit them in their crusty arse. C. <laughs> he knows I'm gay, right?
4: I'm going to go with C. It
2: was... A. All three of them seem really possible to me. Yes, he dragged Ted Nugent. <laughs> I
4: was surprised. I, you know, why I didn't go A because I didn't think that Elton would drag country. Oh
2: yeah, one of those fucking country
4: stars. Yeah, yeah he
2: has a country
3: album. Uh, uh yeah. the one with my father's gun on it, with a uh, tumbleweed connection. Yeah.
4: Um, hmm. So that was surprising I would have gone an a otherwise but yeah okay fine even with the <laughs> even <laughs> with the advantage uh I lost to Lewis you are a god oh well thank you I will say
3: he he has historically dragged other people though like his yeah. Madonna nonsense all the time yeah when they fight it's like homosexuality's parents are getting divorced <laughs> yeah.
2: well thank you for not being twice as good Ray
4: you know. Black mediocrity means <laughs> equality.
2: <laughs> when we're back, keep it. And we're back with everyone's favorite segment. It's keep it.
5: Keep it.
2: I looked very excited there. As if I have never played this game before. Yeah, keep it. Yes. <laughs>
3: Lewis. Lewis. Let Ray go first I, Please do We've had such a good time With Ray
2: This is your oh last
3: Keep God, it Ray This is
4: Ray. Time I've been Picked first yeah. This is Ever Yeah My parents don't <laughs> even Pick me first I'm, <laughs> I'm a middle child so I, Keep it My keep it is for All the uh, big media Conglomerates Who suddenly realized Too late that an ad Was racist <laughs> 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 Wow <laughs> A day late when it doesn't count. <laughs> uh, so recently, there was an ad that was released by the Trump campaign that basically the
2: campaign for 2020. There by the can't
4: way, be, why are we down. counting that money? Calm down. Let's talk about that money <laughs> later with people who know how to count money. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm really bad at math. <laughs> Never made it past algebra, trig, maybe um, cosine. I don't know. But my frustration is that like. Um we keep talking about racism in America and its role in politics as if Trump is new. And we need to talk about Trump's relationship to um or the present version of the Republican Party being the descendant of the Republican Party that we knew before. And one of those traditions that has carried on is apparently the racist ad that is supposed to make people scared and run to the polls and vote against their economic interests. This is a least. direct
2: line from Willie, Willie
4: Horton. Horton. George W. Bush, Willie Horton, and you have caravan immigrant murderer on NBC Sunday Night Football in the best game that you could think of, like, watching, 21 million viewers. And after people complain about this really racist ad running in primetime in front of a lot of faces, the next day, when 21 million people had already seen it, now NBC reconsiders. CNN mm. had already rejected the ad, but NBC reconsidered. It. And then NBC's reconsideration triggers Fox News as re- or Fox at all reconsideration, and then Facebook takes down the ad. You didn't know that this ad was racist yesterday?
2: Facebook was like, this is racist. I can't wait. Hello?
4: (laughs) And then we're like, oh, I guess this does violate our policies. (laughs) My, My thing is you can retract and apologize on Monday, but you wanted that Trump money. You wanted that good press for football with a Trump, and you don't get to undo it the next day you ca- i can't unsee a thing and it's so socially and morally and politically irresponsible to put this thing that you know is wrong and racist and think that un- that the m- the good thing that you'll get kudos for Re- retracting it the next day they didn't even right put an add-on to a po- it's not like on-air apologies happen release statements you think 21 million people who saw that game on sunday went and read your statement on no. monday no so now we have a situation where the journalistic responsibility or at least the reasonable places the filters the media that's supposed to be making good calls is making irresponsible calls two days before one of the most important elections in a generation and it's really frustrating and And now you've got
2: crazy white people taking up arms Militia is trying to go down we're to the border. S- uh, it's the, like, what is this going to turn into? And the Waco, and, and
4: we're sending troops down there. The caravan is a month away, and it's a fucking caravan car and van. <laughs> there is not the a Scooby Doo mystery yes! machine. What are we doing here? Let Can speak. you imagine? <laughs> I just want to understand how. In all, how in the world, the greatest nation on the planet, we've got the best military in the world. You scared of a couple brown folk from down south in a caravan? Yeah, it's really crazy.
2: The way they've talked about this, you know, you you would, oh. You think Voldemort was coming? <laughs> exactly.
4: You scared of a thousand brown people? Greatest nation in the world? Get out of here!
2: Voldemort
3: approaching the border just on foot and seeing what he can get away with is pretty funny, though.
4: <laughs> are you saying, look, you can't do this? We are not going to give J.K. Rowling credit for making Voldemort brown,
2: okay? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, guys, um, if you would have looked closer in the text, you would see that Voldemort has always been a migrant.
4: (laughs) (laughs) He's escaping a war-torn country.
2: Lewis, what is your key fit? I say this
3: regretfully. I obviously love Carly Rae Jepsen, especially at a point when uh, it feels like only gay men can hear the words Carly Rae Jepsen. I feel like I say the words and then just it goes blank on the radio for our straight listeners. I apologize. But... She has a new song called Party for One, which before I heard it, I was told by reputable gay people it was a bop. Guys, it sounds like it's going to be a bop at the beginning, and then it shrinks away from being a bop and becomes too docile a song about self-love. Love. We have already too many great songs about self-love. It's kind of a boring topic to me. I'm just going to say it. And anyway, it's not nearly the level of Cut to the Feeling, her last big old hit, or la- last big gay beloved hit. Sorry, she doesn't have big hits anymore, and I say that affectionately. Um, or her entire Emotion album, which is a modern classic. Her entire album Kiss, which I think is also an underheralded classic. It
2: is. And also, the gays don't appreciate that album as much as they do Emotion. Right. And you know why? It's because they're afraid to defend it because it's more bubble gum and it's not as cool to like bubble gum. Yeah. How about that? This Kiss is so much Banger. better than yes. most of the songs that they rant about.
3: Yeah. Uh, Hurt So Good, Turn Me Up. Those are all Ugh. like deep. Uh, also, I just want to say Carly Ridge Epson now in this new video, though, looks great. She's doing a blonde thing. And when she's blonde, her face really goes to a Baransky place. What a big move!
4: I like a Varansky.
3: Yeah, right, right. Oh also, one God. of Kara's ten white women. Now that I yes. think about it. Uh, 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 but anyway, Carly, rooting for you. Hope the next album is great. The song's a little, it's a, it's a little docile for me. Remember when she was supposed to be recording like an ABBA-esque album? Yeah, I bet we. I think she has no choice but to record ABBA-esque albums. So hopefully, we'll get one of those soon. Mm. All right. I call her Smiley Minogue.
4: I'm sorry that. <laughs> Blonde Diane Lockhart doesn't do it for you. Right no, now. I'm
3: excited for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Okay, good. We're excited for blonde Diane. Yeah, Lockhart. yeah,
3: that's right.
2: Oh, you're right. I see what you're saying. Yes. Well, my keep it for the week goes to People Magazine, who finally in 2018 discovered Idris Elba is sexy.
6: <laughs> oh like,
2: yes. He's the sexiest man alive, and it's also the the cover says the amazing rise of the sweet smoldering superstar.
4: Rise, rise! What
2: all he's done is be. We interest Ben risen. Elba. <laughs> <laughs> I he, he 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 had already risen last year when you put Blake Shelton on the fucking cover. I have to say, after Blake Shelton last year, I thought like
3: the winner this year would be what like the cast of Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Sajak going to be the sexiest man alive.
4: It's just like the Tom. Yeah. can you imagine figuring out that idris elba is fine after k michelle that's crazy <laughs> you're so late love and hip-hop got there first
3: <laughs> he was hot in that movie that was not about being hot at all a uh, 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 beast of no nation
4: he's so hot he was hot as mandela <laughs> and he didn't even do a good i hot. love
3: a mandela who can fuck <laughs>
4: He he was hot trying to murder Taraji P. Henson. (laughs) He was hot as Stringer Bell. Okay? That's where I got. Which is
2: wild to me because the only people I ever hear talking about the wire still are white people. So how did they not know that he been hot?
4: He been hot. Okay? He's... Look, here is... (laughs) If you're... If you're a drug dealer trying to apply rules of debate to conversations about how to split up crack, like how to cook crack or whatever, like, you're amazing. You've been hot. He's been (laughs) amazing for 10 years at least, you know? And you would think that, like, being black and having a British accent would give him a leg up with these kind of folks, but... (laughs) Even that, you have to be twice as good as Blake Shelton and have a British accent. Do you know there
2: have only been... Three African-Americans on the cover?
4: Give me a guess. It's,
2: it's
3: got to be Denzel.
4: Poitier. Mm. I, think, I think this started it's, way too late. Started in, it started in 95. Yeah, yeah. so, I feel like they would give him an old school one, right? No? No. No.
3: All right. It's definitely Denzel, right? Yes.
4: Okay. Wait. Uh, Who, is it
3: also, are there Will women Smith? in this world at all? Oh, Will Smith has got to be it. No. Will Smith, Will Smith wow. has not one.
4: No. I remember Lupita.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Lupita got mm-hmm. one two mm-hmm. years ago, three years
4: ago, I think. No, they've
2: only had one Sexiest Woman Alive. I think Esquire does it. Um, Esquire does the Sexiest Woman Alive, but or yeah, people most only, beautiful people, people issue. only oh, did okay. one Sexiest Woman was Alive. in 2014. Berry? No, it was Kate Upton. Moving right, it's I'm not wrong. a black woman. No, I'm talking. I was just saying Kate Upton was the Sexiest Woman Alive. Oh, person. okay. The other black person is The Rock.
4: Whoa, I was um, I was never mm-hmm. gonna get that. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I Which also, have him first. they went. From okay, like this is so questionable. So like Johnny Depp, weirdly was sexiest man alive in two thousand nine. Before what, they're we, really into you know eyeliner. Yeah, before we knew he was a real monster.
4: Oh, uh, but you knew that he drew bad makeup on his face. Yes.
2: Uh, Nothing gets me hotter than a quizzical yeah. shop owner or whatever he's dressed <laughs> yeah. as. Uh, the the predecessor, the yeah. predecessor to Jeffrey Star. <laughs> um, <laughs> after that was Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. hot. Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. Okay, hot. Channing Tatum. Meaty. And then Ooh. Adam Levine, who I find
4: I'm hot. I'm very excited about that. I do
3: Levine. think so. I mean, uh, sorry, facial symmetry. Let's just talk about Chris
2: that. Chris Hemsworth. David Beckham.
4: That one. I'm the Rock.
2: And then Blake Shelton.
4: That's some good PR. You've
2: you've got that right.
4: Yeah, they, that is great PR. They
2: really and you know what? because it was 2017 they too. They it was post Trump. Trump. Yeah. They were like, ugh, let's just just like lean these, in. Yes, the, these magas.
4: They didn't realize <laughs> that Blake Shelton's appeal is Adam Levine on that show.
3: Yeah, yes. right. Also, maybe some like Queen that. working at People was like, maybe I'll get to hang out with Gwen if we invite her. <laughs> <you know." laughs> I feel like gay men scheme to hang out with Gwen. <laughs> I'm scheming to hang right. out with
2: Gwen. I created a whole podcast so Gwen would come <laughs> on it eventually. Come
4: on it, Gwen Stefani. <laughs> Where? I just need another Gwen and Pharrell collab. Please. Yes. Leave Blake alone.
3: Come here. Wear your houndstooth jumpsuit. <laughs> exactly. We'll hang.
4: We'll have these rolls in our hair. <laughs> our, our hairline will be too white and it'll be painfully pulled up, but we will love you. Yes.
2: Uh, Ray. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show Yeah, Thank yet. you. Thank you for having me. This it's is your really swan fun.
4: song. This is my, yeah, get rid the fuck of me. W- we're
2: about to, um, they shoot horses, don't they, you? <laughs> like, just-
4: <laughs> you gonna make me glue? <laughs> we're gonna murk <laughs> you right now. <laughs> I do have horse teeth as so. uh, Ray! What? You're gorgeous. No, I wasn't compliment fishing. Now your audience is going to think that I'm one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just posted because I, I thought it was cute. I'm going to delete it. <laughs> wow. Well,
2: Array is gone um, after this week. But you know what? Lewis is gone too. Oh, that's right. I am. Yes. We're doing another episode in New York. But also, if you want to get your fix of me and Lewis and Kara, and you were in Los Angeles, we have a live show. December 6th at the Peppermint Club.
3: Which is not a speakeasy in Candyland. It's a real place.
2: (laughs) Lord Licorice lifts up a curtain. Come in here. You can go to peppermintclub.com to get your tickets. We are almost sold out. So, eek! Come and see us.
3: I'll do a little dance.
2: I want to thank Abby Jacobson again for coming on the podcast. Go and get I Might Regret This. It's out now. That's it for Keep It. I'll see you next week.